Colorado Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Everyone, unless you're living in a cave, you may have heard a lot about the presidential election these last few months. And when it comes to city elections, people always tend to hear a little less and know a little less, but they certainly impact your life just as much, if not more. And we have an election coming up here in Colorado Springs on April 6th, and I'm willing to bet you might learn a thing or two uh, during today's conversation with our city clerk. I'm Jen Schrader. I really appreciate you tuning in on Facebook, watching on Springs TV, or listening to this podcast on your favorite uh, platform. And Sarah Johnson is with us. Thank you so much for um, joining me from several feet away um, and being here to talk with us about this. Thank you. I'm excited to uh, tell people about elections and how important it is to vote and to stay involved in your community. That is for sure. Before we get to the April election, let's um, talk about you a little bit. Tell us mm -hmm. your story, how you came to Colorado Springs. I know you weren't um, born and raised here and, and how you got into your your line of work. Sure, I did have my college education in business and got a master's in uh, public administration. And so I graduated from college fully intent on joining the corporate world and that's what I was gonna do. But this summer between my junior senior year of college, I had it all figured out. I did an internship with a US Senator in my home state and decided, wow, government's really cool. Why didn't I do political science? And uh, it totally changed your it tune. It totally changed what I wanted to do. So I ended up working for that senator in a district office right after. I actually had the job before I graduated, which my parents were thrilled to have their child employed after four years at a small liberal arts college. Right. <laughs> so they were thrilled. And I just immediately went into that, worked in state government um, for a number of years, and then at the State Board of Elections in my home state and really liked elections, did elections all day, every day um, for quite a long time, uh, worked for Secretary of State, did a lot with uh, working with the counties on the election side, doing redistricting, those kind of things. And then uh, my Secretary of State that I was working for was termed. Uh, and also a new secretary came in, so I was a political appointee of a different political party. So I left that job, as is expected, you know, when right. you have a change in leadership, just like we have recently had in the presidential level. Right. When the party changes, you know, appointed staff leave, it's expected. Um, got recruited to come out here um, to be a city clerk. I had never worked in municipal government, but I had a strong election background, and that's one of the main things they were looking for. And started here, and almost nine years later, I'm still the city clerk. I enjoy employment and it's really great to work for this this city and I truly am enjoying working in municipal government. All my experience prior to that was state or federal. So it's really nice. You're closer to the people. You're closer to seeing a, a project be implemented immediately. There's not that time lag like you see in the federal and city government. So I love Colorado. My new home state is is wonderful. I, I love the lower humidity level. I came from Kentucky where it was hot and humid in the summers and it's hot here, but sometimes I have to remind myself that it's not as this hot is not as hot. back home. Get over it. <laughs> right. Still learning to to get to like the snow. 
So I'm still a Kentucky freak out when it snows, but um, I'm getting better nine years into it. Getting to be a better (laughs) winter driver. Yeah, absolutely. So um, without getting too political, what do you think about all the attention that's being put on the election process right now? I think on the base level, it's really important for people to know about their election process. What happens when you cast your vote at the polls if you don't live here in Colorado or when you put your ballot in that ballot box? I think it is important to know what happens. So I think that piece of it where you know people are explaining what happens uh, to your ballot, how it's counted, how it's reviewed, how it's secure, how the tying a person to an actual vote is, is not possible and it's not done. So we don't know how you voted. I think that's really good of what's coming out of here. What I don't believe is good is the misinformation, the false information that's coming out from all sides. There's not one party worse at it than the other, to be honest with you. So that part I don't like. It's turning into a real partisan battle, um, and it really shouldn't be. Um, A lot of election laws constantly need updating, you know, to the current times. And with COVID in the past election, there were a lot of changes, even here in Colorado. Colorado, even though we're a model for other states on how we do our elections, we the county clerks and the secretary of state still had to make some, you know, some changes because of the COVID restrictions. So it's good to constantly review as the same thing we do here on the municipal level where, you know, I'm constantly looking at our conduct of election and our city code and the state law. And we're just constantly making improvements to how people vote what they can do. But the biggest thing is it's not about making the changes. It's about making the changes and making sure it's secure and that it's easy on the voter and it's easy on the county or city clerk, in my case, to implement those. So it is good. I just don't like all the false information and the rhetoric right. that you're getting for both sides. If, if we need to make a change, let's do it for the good to help everyone, not just one side or the other. Right. And not just talk the talk walk the walk so that we're seeing those real changes implemented. But it all starts with people voting. Right. You know, if we we can have the best laws in the country and any level of government, but if people don't take the time to vote, you know, what good are they? Right. And and especially when it comes to these city, these local elections, because there's all this publicity around the presidential election, not so much when it comes to these smaller elections, people consider them, but they are so impactful. So that leads me to your role as city clerk. What, what exactly do you do in that, in that position? So as city clerk, one of the things that I do, of course, is elections. And we'll talk a lot more about that today because it's coming up, but a couple of things that we really do that, that impacts everyone in city government and all the citizens is we work with city council. We're clerk. I'm clerk to council in essence. So I prepare their agendas. We make sure that when they pass ordinances, which is the way that the city enacts laws is called an ordinance. And so we have to make sure those get published. We have to make sure they're available. We have to make sure our city code, which is the com- our laws. So on the state level, you have statutes. On the city level, you have what's called city code. And so we have to make sure those get updated with the right amount. And we are the record keeper. So there's a record of all those council meetings, those very long at times council meetings. I'm right there with council, you know, recording those votes and making sure that what they enact gets 
into gets codified, so to speak, becomes law. And it's also available for you as citizen in our document search uh, for to look that up. And so the city clerk really tends to be the generalist in a city government because because of our work with council and our involvement with all the departments, we tend to know what's happening in the city. We, we're not intimately building that road, right? But we know that on this date, city council passed this law for the funding for that road. Mm -hmm. So, and talk about where, integrity and transparency. I mean, that's yeah. a key component to that. It is, it okay. is. And so making sure that you, the U.S. citizens have access to where the city code is. If you want to look something up or, you know, a lot of times people will call the office or email my office going, I don't know who to contact, but this is what I need. So, you know, we, we help that way. We also uh, do business licensing. Okay. So what we have liquor. Liquor licenses, uh, 910 of those throughout the city of Colorado Springs. We do uh, security officers. When you go anywhere and you see private security officers, those are being licensed and regulated through my office. Pawn shops, food trucks, those type things. We're doing that, and we have about 3,700 business licenses that we actively work with and work with our customers on. We also are the record keeper, you know, for the city, coordinate with all the departments, making sure the records are kept properly and according to state law. And then last but not least, my favorite subject are city elections and redistricting. Okay, and, and I should say you've been able to maintain that good level of service throughout COVID. We have. We have business licensing really and and council for that matter has not slowed down at all mm -hmm. so we are constantly reaching out to our licensees uh, making it easier you know for them to drop off applications and then we mail them receipts and we mail them id cards if it's a security officer normally that would just be over the counter mm -hmm. uh, but obviously with covid restrictions we can't do that so just recently with candidate filing for the election, we had to come up with procedures because normally they would come into my office and we would talk about the procedures, give them the filing documents. This time we had to have a drop-off box in the lobby where candidates could come anytime between 8 and 5, pick up those packets. We did um, training for the candidates. Normally that's in person. For example, with the great communication staff, we did that virtually. Okay. So, you know, we are making a lot of modifications and stay tuned for more because as we get closer to our election, um, the interaction with the citizens is a lot more because they're voting now. So we'll be making constant uh, adjust, you know, adjustments. And the good thing about our city election is it's all mail ballot. So the ballot's going to be mailed to your home, just like you received the November ballot. You're going to get a ballot in the mail. Right, and that's this time too, not going to so change and everything. You don't have to leave the comfort of your home and go stand in a long line to cast it on a voting machine. You can vote it and put it in any of 25 drop-off boxes you know, across the city. So lots of adjustments. So before we get to what's on that ballot, you mentioned redistricting, and I think there are many people who are not familiar with what in the world that means. <laughs> it's true. You know, sometimes, like all of us, we get kind of caught up in our lingo and our terminology and forget that the general public wants to know, but... They don't understand what you just said. So, right. so redistricting we did last year started in April through November. And what all of that is is simply the city charter, which is like our city constitution on a municipal level, requires the clerk and a committee to take a look at the six city council districts. So let me back up for a second. There are nine council members. 
Three of those are at large, meaning they run citywide. They were just on the ballot in 2019. So coming up for this election, um, it is the six districts. So basically what I'm saying is this 210 square miles-ish of the city is divided into six districts or six territories. Mm -hmm. And so what I did with redistricting along with the citizen committee was take a look at those six districts with the current population because they were last reviewed in 2016 and then make adjustments so that they are substantially equal in population as you can get them because obviously you, it's, it's not as simple as just taking the whole territory and say divide by six. It, it's not that simple because you are trying to keep neighborhoods together as much as you can. You're trying to use visual boundaries like Powers Corridor. So it makes you know, sense to people. Those kind of things. Right. Exactly. And so that information and that went on last year. And so what we ended up doing to adjust that population across all six districts was move 20 precincts from one district to another uh, to accommodate the population shift, but mostly to accommodate keeping communities of interest together like neighborhoods or, like I said, using those visual dividing lines to make a dividing line between districts like Powers Corridor, for example, is the dividing line. The bottom half of Powers is the dividing line between the 5th district and the 6th district. So it's not you just know. this strange haphazard. It makes it's more not. sense to there, people. It's, okay. it's highly, highly regulated through a lot of case law. Um, but it sounds like you're simplifying it and by through, neighborhoods and that helps. Just for example, what we did this time was the second uh, district, which is your far north mm -hmm. district, and the sixth district, which is your far east, so east of powers predominantly. What I was able to do in with those two is move the dividing line between the two districts to make it match the the D11, D20 school district boundary line. That makes sense. We had enough of a population shift kind of in that whole area that I was able to match it up. Because when you ask somebody on the street and you say, hey, do you know what district you're in or what council district or state rep district or Senate? Nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you I'm in Harrison or I'm in D11 or I'm in D20 because that's what they know. Right. They're really cognizant as parents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want your children to go to a certain school. You're going to know what the school board boundary is. Or even is. just driving by the school, you realize where you but are. You're yeah. not going to necessarily know all these other district lines. True. So we tried to move them to things that were common knowledge. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So moving on to to the ballot. What's So people are voting on those six district right. seats, correct? Right. And we have candidates running in each of those districts. We do. So once we completed drawing the new boundaries, setting those new boundaries, and they were just tweaks to the existing boundaries. We didn't throw out the whole map and start all over. They're just tiny tweaks that you're making every four years. So the importance of that is the six city council districts are on the April 6, 2012, 2021. I yes. just said 2012. I'm <laughs> blaming okay. it on COVID. That's okay. Uh, 2021, yes. So those districts are now on the ballot, which means our candidates are running in those new districts those new boundaries. And so what people are gonna see when they go to their mailbox, uh, we plan to mail ballots on March 12th. So look in your mailbox starting on the 12th and then the next few days, cause it'll take a little bit to get those about 303,000 ballots in the city of Colorado Springs out there. When you open your ballot, what you'll see is one city council district and the candidates for that district 
it is based upon where your address is. If your address falls within District 1, for example, which is kind of the UCCS area all the way over to the mountains. For example, if you live in that area, you're most likely in District 1. So when you open your ballot, you're going to see the District one and the candidates, and you'll see a question. City Council did refer a question to the ballot. So it's a one-page ballot. Couldn't be simpler. Eight and a half by 11. No excuse gonna, not to You're going to have to out. vote on two things, right? You're going to vote on a candidate, and you're going to vote on the question. And what is the question for folks? And the who- question is concerning uh, changing the city charter to remove the 30-word limit on ballot questions for um, tax issues okay. uh, or TABOR, if you're familiar with the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. So you're voting to either to remove to that remove or not? To remove the limit on how long the question can be. Okay. Right now, our local TABOR has a restriction. Uh, a restriction to the question can only be 30 words in the first uh, 5 to 10 or preset. And so what this, you know, really would do would be, you know, if you're in favor of that or not, if you'd like a longer question to explain what's happening, you, you know, you, you vote one way. If you're fine with the way it is, you vote the other way. But it's really, you know, up to the voter. Okay. But you're pointing out a great thing, which is this is a really short, simple So the question itself is very short. Mm -hmm. um, And then the voter just needs to make that decision themselves. The candidate list, you know, will not be an extremely long list on any of the the races. But the most important thing is you're not voting on all six district reps. You're just going to vote on your district. How do you find out what your district is? I think that's what some sure. people may want to know. So there is a section on the city website uh, that shows what the map looks like. But most importantly, it has a lookup feature yes. where you can type in an address and it will tell you you're in city council district whatever, and it'll show you who the current council member is, who the at-large, because those at-large, remember, represent us all, and it'll show you their contact information. I think you can coloradosprings.gov slash city council, I think is where, right? right. You is can where buy people there. Can it's go. also on the election. A link is also or on Colorado the election Or coloradosprings.gov election, which mm-hmm. that election webpage is a great place to go if right. you have any questions at all about the election um, and also uh, right. how to register, correct? Uh, Make we, sure you're registered. We do have a link a to link. the yeah. El Paso County Clerk's website for you to get registration. You can also go to, um, it's called Go Vote Colorado. You can do .com or .gov. Look up what your registration information is. If you've moved, you can change your address. Uh, you can register that way if you have a driver's license, a valid driver's license. Otherwise, you know, reach out to the county clerk's office and they can get you registered. If you have moved, please always remember to update your address as soon as possible. I know when you move, there's a lot of things you have to take care of. And a lot of times people don't think about voting. You know, I need to update my address so my ballot finds me where I am. Uh, and they don't think about that until they call and go, I didn't get a ballot. Right. Like, but Sarah, well, now's, the time, now's the time to do that, right? <laughs> now is the yeah. time to do it because we plan to mail ballots out March 12th um, to everyone. And like I said, there's 303,000 registered voters right now. That number is always changing. Okay. So get out there right now, go vote colorado.gov or .com and see see what your information says. And and what would, you, what would your... Um, words of encouragement be to folks just to get involved at this level you know people who maybe haven't voted in a municipal election before or toss that ballot aside or and we're talking about how simple it is too um, especially this ballot but just 
just how important it is in their in their everyday lives and the impact it has. I think it's you know it's really important because think of it this way, you know, I can say it's your patriotic duty, you know, our country was founded on the right to have a say. I can go that route, but I don't think that appeals to people now as much as it did you know, later, it just didn't appeal. So here's how to think about it. If you have a complaint, you want road, potholes repaired, you know, you want your street repaved or various other things uh, that you can do. Think about it this way. Your council member is the closest government official to you. Each council of the district council members represents around 80,000 people. Now, you may, may say, gee, that's not that close. But it really is because you could be at Safeway or King Supers or Walmart or Target, you know, or Costco or Sam's. You could be anywhere, the gas station, and you could see a council member. You know, if you've gone on and looked up who your council, there are pictures showing you who they are, you can see them. They're much more accessible to you than um, a president. You know, a great example is there are a tremendous amount of voters that only vote every four years. They right. vote for president. Right. Or even you the know, governor. And I'm right. always mystified by that because the odds of them actually being able to, you know, meet and see or touch those elected officials is not as great. Governor's much closer because they're in your state. But your council person's right there with you. You know, you're going to see them. You can come to city council meetings. You can watch them online. So, you know, get involved always vote. I don't care what the election is. You know, you have an opinion and a lot of people aren't shy about expressing that opinion. And the greatest way to express that opinion is vote. Right. Even better than vote mean on, on social media. Are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, I mean, don't just right. sit home don't and complain just, about them. Yes. Vote. Right. Right. Make your opinion heard for sure. Okay. So any last words and uh, my, my last question to you would be, do you have any common misconceptions or kind of myths or things you hear about elections that you would want to clear up or just anything you would want to say to people? Um, right. Last thoughts. I think the, the really the, the, the biggest one is people think because they have a Colorado Springs address that they live within the city limits. That's not true. Uh, because of the way the Postal Service does their addressing. So that lookup feature that we talked about a little earlier is vital because you may you be in the county to find out if you live in the city. There's pockets all across the city that are not in the city limits. Uh, think, for example, the biggest chunk of that, I would say, is the Cimarron Hills ish area. They have Colorado Springs addresses, but they're not in our city. Okay. Um, so make so sure people you get live confused by that and they frustrated. Do. And right. they think that we've stolen their vote because they didn't get a ballot when, in fact, they don't live there. And the other thing is a lot of people will say if the results are, you've heard if the results are big enough between the winners and the, the losers, that we stop counting ballots, you know, at a certain point. And that's not true. We count every ballot that is countable, meaning we first match on signature. That's why we ask you to sign that ballot, because we match that with signature records on file through the county clerk's office, like your driver's license. If if we match it on signature, it's going to be counted. Every ballot we receive that's eligible will be counted. And if we can't match it on signature, we'll reach out to the voter to say, hey, we think maybe this isn't your signature. Verify that you did, in fact, cast the ballot. So all ballots are counted that are eligible to be counted. You don't just say, that doesn't even look close. We're, we're good for the night. Exactly. Yeah. We don't. You right. know, we don't. That was a myth that's been out there for years, Okay. Uh, quite honestly. So it's really important you return your ballot 
as quick as possible um, so that we can get those election results released after 7 p.m. on um, April 6. Well, thanks for all the work you do in these elections yeah. and otherwise. So many other different roles that city clerk plays that I think people didn't realize. Yeah, it's a fun job. We have great staff down there. You know, we're super friendly to everybody. We try to be helpful, yet we, we do have laws and codes and those things that we have to implement. Um, but we do try to be very helpful and, you know, welcome any feedback, good or bad. You know, you, you never improve unless you hear the bad, but it's also nice to have a little good thrown in there, too. Right. So. Here's some good. <laughs> Thank that. you. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks so much. And we um, we do want to remind folks, coloradosprings.gov slash election, if you'd like more information. And thanks so much for joining us on Behind the Springs.